Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I'm your host, Claire Wilde, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Lorenzo Pacitti on a Tuesday evening. Hi, Lorenzo. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm very well. Um, Anything to report? (laughs) No, it's just, uh, I think it's the same as I've been saying every other January. It's just football, 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 and it's it's going well. Yeah, it's all great. Um, When we did the rundown for this uh, show sort of earlier in the week and over the weekend, there was not an awful lot of kind of specifically Celtic related news to discuss. Um, We did see this week a new signing. In fact, did it get announced today for Glasgow City? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a kind of a new addition to the league. They seem to be signing some impressive looking players, don't they? <laughs> yeah, we, we we mentioned very briefly this South African girl. They signed, seemed to have quite a good background mm. and quite highly regarded. And then and, they signed... And scored a goal on her debut performance, I think. <laughs> yep, and then they signed a Swedish girl today who has a lot of appearances, or had uh, a lot of appearances at kind of under 20s level mm-hmm. and has played a handful of times for the Swedish national team who are a really good national side. Mm. Um, coming from that Swedish league as well, which is so good. So it looks like they are, you know, foot on the gas, like heading towards that league title. Yeah, it's almost like since Eileen left, it's like, right, let's do this, weirdly. You know, that now that Leanne Ross is maybe, maybe it's her that's got her foot on the gas and maybe she was wanting, had some ambition, maybe was being constrained. I don't know, that's all speculation, but that's kind of how it feels, isn't it? It feels like she's a no-brainer for that job. Mm. Now, like I yeah. don't know if it's been official or anything that it's hers, but it does seem to be a no-brainer at least until the end of the season. Yeah, I would think. I, I would think so. I mean, they keep talking about whether it's going to be advertised or not. We'll keep an eye out on that. But the the other news that has arisen, uh, literally just five minutes, I saw it before we came to record, was that Tyree Birchall has gone on loan to Motherwell. What are your thoughts initially on that? We've literally had like ten minutes to digest it. <laughs> yeah, a, a couple of things popped up for me. Um, one, it's good to see, you know, young players who we who we like at Celtic getting, you know, what should be a lot of a lot of minutes. She should get a lot of game time. Although she should be starting, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got a lot to prove, and we've already seen enough of her to know that she has a future in this team. Um, and secondly, it kind of says to me that Fran is very confident in uh, Kerner being that right wing back because that is where Burchill's yeah. kind of been slotted in. I, I'd be really curious to see where she plays at Motherwell. Yes. You know, we've seen her play a few different places. Um, so I'm curious about that. But it does say to me that Kerner and between Kerner and maybe, you know, Shen filling in there or whatever he's got, he's comfortable with in terms mm-hmm. of cover at yeah. right wing back, uh, which is not something we would have said even a week ago. So it's interesting to see him commit to that. Yeah. We'll, <clears throat> we'll come on to talk about Kerner when we talk about the Aberdeen game. Um, but I think that these loan, that we've seen loans be really successful over Fran's sort of spell, the obvious most recent one, which we've talked about before, is Maria McEnany going to Hearts and having now come into the squad and getting a starting place and really making an impact. You had even like Kathleen McGovern going on that short loan spell to pass at Thistle, I think was really good for her. And there have been other examples. I think, do you think it's different in the women's game, these loans? Because obviously the setup is different. They may be get an awful lot more game time when they go on loan to another club, something that like they, that can push their game on really quickly. Yeah, I think definitely before they become proper professional, some of the players, um, when they're that young, the guarantee of starting a game every week, you know, competitive games against good premiership sides is something you can't really buy. 
Yeah. Uh, particularly with the depth that Celtic squad have, you're not going to see a lot of game time. Fran rotates the team, yes. He plays young players, yes. But there's you can't really um, compare that to 90 minutes week in, week out. And there's only so much you'll be able to get out of them in training to develop them as players. Yeah. And when you know quality-wise, if they've got players coming through Celtic Academy who you think could play a part in Celtic's first team, then you know they could make an impact to other SPF, SWPL clubs yeah. and you know get a lot of game time and feel some responsibility and the weight of that. And then, like you said, with the ones that have been successful, when they come back, you can see it so much, even just in their their physicality or their uh, responsibility they take on, their confidence in front of goal. The yeah. players we've sent out on loan have come back with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, really. And th- that feeling that they are, you know part of a team and that they're an integral part of a team and that they deserve to be there I think that's kind of the vibe that I often get um so yeah Tyree Birchall to Motherwell we'll have to see how that pans out it'd be I haven't even looked at like what their next fixture is and who they're playing and when we might get to see her because we'll probably take a wee interest and keep an eye on that as it as it develops but um like I said, not an awful lot of other news. We're kind of in that phase now. It's February, coming towards the middle of February, where we're thinking about these last few games, I think, mm-hmm. before the split happens, which is a new and exciting thing for us. But we had Aberdeen at the weekend. Um, how were you feeling about I know we discussed this, but as the sort of game approached, how did you feel about it? Yeah, confident. Um goal difference is getting really scary actually at the top now mm. we we had a we had a, a lead but it can all flip in one week and it's about who's playing who um every team now i want to see has put goals past but aberdeen have been weirdly stout against us in random times for a team that's you know right down the bottom of the league yeah uh, we've talked about a few of them a few other players being decent but they're a team we expected to go out and, and be quite comfortable yeah i think that's right. And weirdly, they do seem to like psychologically when I think of them, they present a threat, even though the numbers would not suggest that they are a threat at all. And it kind of, well, we'll, we'll get onto the actual game. The Let's talk about the lineup. That's how we, we normally do it. I will read out who lined up for us because I have to say when this came out, there was a few kind of sideways glances between me and Chris. Um, in goals, Pamela Tachona, Claro Reardon, Kelly Clark, Chloe Craig, Olivia Chance, Taylor Otto, Shen Menu, uh, Claire Goldie, Natalie Ross, Maria McEnany, and Jacinta Galabadarachi. What did you think when you saw this? Did you have a similar kind of like, oh, okay, kind of reaction to me? Yeah, it's it was just a really, uh, I think we were shocked for a number of reasons. Both of us were unaware of the suspensions. Yes. That existed in that team. Um, so which a- really throws out. Amy Gallagher and Lisa Robertson were suspended for having incurred too many yellow cards <laughs> so far yeah, this season. You know that's uh the the two two thirds of your spine, mm-hmm. and then obviously Kieran Hayes not playing from the start. That's your entire spine, you know, gone. Uh, so that isn't that's a really strange thing to see on a piece of paper as a lineup, um, and then you start trying to figure out who's playing where. And that's always a little bit tough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the lineup was strange. Again, it does show depth in terms of that squad. Is a, it's a squad of absolutely recognisable players, absolutely players we've seen start in different weeks. Uh, but just out of the blue, again, that's us not knowing the suspensions. Again, nothing, none, of these, none of this stuff is very available before the games start. But 
it made it quite a, a surprise and you just got a tiny little worry in your head as much as it's still a strong side individually that this is the kind of game where randomly it becomes nil-nil when it's fighting for mm. that goal and it goes into the second half it just felt like one of those games might be upon us yeah I think so I mean the uh, leaving Ka- Caitlin Hayes has started every game and it just feels like it's we're kind of getting to the a bit of a spiky bit of the league where we really need to be capitalizing on some of this and we we knew, know that Aberdeen are going to present potentially some of a challenge especially you know that low block the defense so I was just like why are you leave, why are you leaving out Lou as well who's been your best player and not only just for the fact that she will do things on the football pitch that could be beneficial to us as a team and contribute to goals but the fact that she ha- she puts in these good perf- we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but it just feels like you put in these good performances and then you're dropped <laughs> for a game well what i would say is i feel like the spartans game tomorrow wednesday of the week recording is a tougher game um it's midweek it's awkward okay. it's going to be cold and wet probably spartans are a tough side they're a tougher side than aberdeen um I would think maybe there was one eye on that game, with particularly the fixture list being quite congested as it is. Uh, everything looks but looks different in hindsight. If we get to the end of the season <laughs> and we could have scored more goals, then we can talk about resting teams. Uh, but you know, at, at the same at the same time, if you're Fran, you can kind of take your eye off goal difference and think, well, if we have players that are fit and rotated, and we have these games against City and Rangers coming up, a tough game against Spartans midweek. If I can get my players as fit as possible for those games and keep everyone in absolute physical peak, that's the goal. And if we win them, it doesn't matter about goal difference. Um, so that's the benefit. I, I always give him the benefit of doubt yeah. when he rotates because he's a very well-spoken, very good manager. So I know. No, I'm still, normally when you do this stuff, I kind of go, oh, okay, Lorenzo says it's okay. And I kind of buy into <laughs> it. But like my gut feeling is still saying, I don't like what he did at the weekend. <laughs> and we will talk about the first half of football because I think that that kind of, Demonst- that's poss- possibly where my feelings are coming from because if you look at the way that it was lined up so it was obviously back three as usual with C- Chloe Craig that's one of the players when you see her in the lineup like that you're like you don't know where he's going to put her is he suddenly going to put Taylor into the back three and move Chloe further up whatever you had the kind of the next the, the midfield was like out on the wings you had Liv out on the left Shen out on the right and then you had Taylor Otto kind of sitting deep and Natalie Ross, lovely to see her as always. And Claire Goldie. I mean, that was the other surprise, wasn't it? To see Claire Goldie in that lineup when we haven't, we've, I think she's come on as a sub once, maybe twice. We've barely seen her get minutes even off the bench and she starts. So, I mean, good, great for her. And we'll talk about her performance, but it's, it was a bit of a surprise to see that. Yeah. That's a really alien midfield three as well. Um, even just Ross and Otto playing together is not something we see often enough either to throw a, an academy player into the mix. Um, you know, you've got somebody like Chance who's starting but not playing in maybe the role we associate her most with, the role she's most comfortable in. Uh, again, he, he's he's often, he has those wide positions which we've seen some young players come into, but they are, they are full of responsibility, those wide positions. Maybe he's not going to throw goalie into that, but nothing about that is that familiar. Um Otto, for me, is still somebody I'm yet to be fully convinced by. Uh, Mainly, I think, because we have such elite options in that kind of role right now uh, that she gets a little bit lost. Um, But it's just just the alien nature of that lineup starting together. We've never seen it, you know, and and 
every team when they rotate heavily is has they open up the potential for players not knowing where each other are, players losing that familiarity and, and games going sticky and going kind of lax, which is what happened in the first half a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it didn't reap results in the first half. I think I'm still I think I'm with you that the jury is still out on Taylor Otto, there was an interesting point when I was listening to the commentary where they said she usually plays as part of the back three. So it's interesting to see her. And I was like, um, does she? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting. And then obviously you've got Jacinta and Maria up front, which kind of makes yeah, more sense. Makes I sense. think I I was thinking about, okay, what if you're going to be grumpy about this, Claire, who would you have put, who would you have liked to have seen given the fact that you know that Amy and Lisa are suspended and unavailable and I was like well I wanted Hayes back in the back three I would have probably wanted to see Craig maybe taking one of those wing positions and put Liv in the middle because I think we needed someone who could boss that midfield from the back like Liv, Liv is a player who can work the middle better I think and you know, you when you know you're going to be facing essentially like a five at the back or sometimes a six at the back, you need to be able to kind of work that and do clever things. And then I probably would have put um, Lou and then kept Jazz and Maria up top. I don't know. Is that is that crazy? I don't think any, again, shows the depth and score. I don't think any of it's too crazy. Um, I agree with you. The big thing for me, if it was me picking them, would have been if I'm going to play chance in the start, I'm going to play her in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, and then you've got options like, as you say, Chloe Craig played at that wing back in cup finals for us. She could play anywhere on that back five. Um, or Tegan Bowie. I I was just I choice. forgot to say it's written on my piece of paper, but I had Tegan on that other side. Yeah. So um, you know, it's Franz the one training. Franz the one that knows why he's picking players certain positions. Uh, who needs to get fitter or whatever. Um, you know, and then, and as you say, the the two up top, Maria and Jazz, are players who have been starting regularly often. Uh, they definitely have a, a rapport together up top. And um, when you've got Amy missing, the only other option for that would have been to kind of start really playing about with it and having a one up top. And if it's somebody like Jazz, she is going to be small and a bit isolated and you want her on the ball. You need mm-hmm. a focal point in front yeah. of her for me. Yeah. Um, and then it's how fit is somebody like Tash Flint. And from what Fran was saying on Celtic TV recently, it doesn't seem like very fit. It seems like it'll be a few weeks until she's yeah. she hasn't been playing a lot of football so she needs to get up to speed yeah I think let's talk about the actual game we've alluded to it the first half maybe didn't the first half was a frustrating watch wasn't it yeah it's just it was very much you know looked like a rotated side it was there was a a lot of slower play than we're used to things not quite coming off chances not quite being taken and you know when you're dominating a game and you miss four or five chances you can go oh, well you can't take every chance but yeah. <laughs> it, it was a it was a comfortable first half in the sense that we weren't in trouble they were in control of the game it just wasn't clicking as much as it usually does you know a Celtic team in that much control that much dominance they usually play fast and get a couple goals in the first half at least so it just felt like things were a wee bit off kilter kind yeah. of the whole first half. And I think because I think I was probably added to by the fact that Glasgow City kicked off a bit earlier than us at the Peters Hill Derby and were just flying goals past Partick Thistle. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, again, watching I was watching City in the highlights last night, and they just look really good. You know, they look. I think <laughs> start of the season they were winning, but we were kind of seeing them in highlights and seeing them in full games and thinking they look a wee bit weakened. They look mm. a wee bit off it. The goals aren't coming. You know, stuff like that. Uh, but they're absolutely flying now. They do look 
really intimidating as a team, which, you know, full credit to them. Um, there's always going to be like a, not a soft spot for City, because I am quite tribal and immediately since we started following Celtic Women, I hate <laughs> that team. Uh, but, you know, everything they've done for the game and, and the way they run that club and stuff, it's, I think it's always going to be quite endearing to a point to see them compete the way they do. And I was, we were, we talked about it last season. We thought there would become a season quite soon if Celtic and Rangers wanted to, where they could eclipse City and put them out of, you know, yeah. out of commission. So it's credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. What what specifically did you do? You, you know, we, the rotation and the fact that maybe there was some communication issues and some players who just weren't used to maybe a playing in the role they were, that, but b having the players around them that they had around them. What technically do you think were the issues in the first half that was stopping us from getting through that Aberdeen defence? Because they did do some really good defensive work. They were clearly very organised and knew what they were doing, um, and sort of stopped us from creating anything concrete yeah. well, this was going to be one of my takeaways at the end but i, I will say it now. say it now <laughs> everyone has to remember that that i had two takeaways <laughs> uh, that when missing that kind of spine that backbone um you know you can talk about the quality of those players you can talk about the familiarity of having you know a settled spine that's the most important thing in a winning football team uh, but i think what it took away from us as much as the squad is more than capable of handling these games without them on an individual basis it took away a bit of that ruthlessness mm. and a bit of that confidence just because players aren't, as you said, where they are usually. Things yeah. are a little bit different. Um, right now we are playing, when a- a- Amy's there and she's scoring like mad, she's still, we have to get used to the fact that she's, is she a striker, is she not a striker? doesn't matter because she scores three goals a game. But <laughs> we're missing like a, a focal point, number nine oh. striker. And when things aren't going quite right, that feels obvious to me. Yeah. Um, no matter how good the rapport is between McInerney and and Jacinta, if the ball's not crossing the line, if it's if someone's someone's not scoring two three goals in the first half where we dominate, it just feels like things are off. Mm. And that whole first half, I wouldn't call it complacency. I would feel, I almost would say it was almost an inevitability of it not going quite right. Like every chance was a case of oh it's close, it's going to be close. Nobody was stepping up and burying it until mm. until they did. Yeah, yeah, and th- throughout the game, there was a, one of them came after about twenty minutes. A, lived on that left side, had a couple of chances that were quite well saved by their their very young keeper. <laughs> um, but sort of a bit of frustration setting in, trying to get up to goal and do something, and it not quite working. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And we've seen keepers have good performances against us, and often the barrage doesn't stop, so it doesn't really affect us. Um, but the keeper was decent. I mean, Aberdeen were more than decent in the first half in, in kind of containing mm-hmm. us and keeping us to a few half chances. There was two maybe glaring chances, but Celtic are liable to miss some sitters. You know, we've seen that <laughs> throughout, throughout the season. Um, we, thank God, did get a goal before the end of the first half, which was kind of needed, wasn't it? To sort of not let heads go down. And I think that, uh, well, let's talk about the goal. Um it was a Chloe Craig header from a really, really, I mean, Maria McEnany's deliveries from those set pieces. She's like absolutely one of our first choice set piece takers now, isn't she? Yeah, I think what Maria and, and Jacinta recently as well have been doing with the set pieces, it's it's such a kind of simple change, but it's so key that a lot of our corners now are, I think in the men's game, you don't often aim corners for the six yard box because the goalkeepers are six foot seven. Yeah. You know, the goalkeepers are huge. Um, the athleticism we have in our aerial threats, particularly that back three, 
um, you know, we're going to have somebody like Natasha Flint as well, who's an aerial presence. Although when apparently you... she, I saw on Twitter the other day she hates heading the ball. What? Oh, that's fair. Well, <laughs> when when these balls are kind of lofted at speed, but lofted in that six-yard box, as you say, young young keeper, if they want to go up and compete with Chloe Craig, Caitlin Hayes, Kelly Clark, they're not going to win. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the corners we've been putting in recently, which is why I've been scored so many goals again, they've been so direct, they've been so... Um, you know, put it in an area. There's been less of kind of movement in the corners. It's been get the the targets in the middle of the park. Uh, maybe a bit different for the second goal, the second corner goal we'll talk about. But uh, it was just good to see. And I think from a game where we're frustrated that things aren't quite coming off, no matter how okay the play is, for it to be a, a set piece, one, that's good because it takes us out of that funk. You know, the, the cushions there, you've got it from a set piece. But two, the kind of marker of this team in the bigger games in the last few seasons has been set pieces can get us out of trouble yeah, or they can win us big games. So it's good to see that kind of every time we're going to get a corner, there will be that air in the uh, the defence thinking this could be a goal. You know, the fans are going to be up thinking, oh, any set this piece something could be a goal. Unless I've put my camera up to try and film it, in which case yeah. it definitely won't be a goal. <laughs> um, so I've stopped doing that because I think I just curse it. Um so we get that goal. So one nil when we go in for half time. And I think from what was being said at the sort of post-match interviews and stuff like that, and what Fran was saying was that there was a fairly robust discussion in the changing room at half time, and that all the players who were on that park knew that it wasn't clicking and knew that things weren't going right. Would you have expected in that case, a sea changes at that point? Or do you think that kind of having that 15 minutes to reset and say, right, we've got the goal now, let's go again. We know what we're doing wrong. We know how to fix it. Yeah, I think Fran definitely trusts the squad as a whole. He's not, I don't think he is the type of manager to go, this is going wrong, mm. back to back to basics. I don't think he has, you know, a, a plan A in the sense that it's like a, a default. I think he, he he knows what his strongest 11 is, I think. Mm. Um, but he doesn't have like a default he has to reset to if he doesn't think things are going right. He trusted that team. He sent them back out to do a job. I think the players who needed to stepped up a little bit, the more senior players players who can make an impact who can win games for us mm-hmm. and I think in games where you're rotating the squad or you're having a kind of sticky game that's the difference it's those players stepping up yeah um we saw another goal from Clara Redden again from a set piece and I think it was a was it a Jacinta cross and it took a couple of deflections before it went in but it was a definitely a Clara Redden goal <laughs> yeah a, a great front post run this time uh which again is kind of We've seen a few corners like that just whipped in and we just have a really, we say all the time, we have a really good team for heading the ball. We do not, if we get our heads to a corner, they don't balloon them over the bar. You know, they don't go wide. More often than not, if Celtic win a header at a corner, it goes in the back of the net or it goes on target. Um, And it was a great header and they say powerful enough to go through a defender and a goalkeeper's hand. So if the rumours are true, we don't need Tash necessarily to be up there. We've got enough firepower <laughs> well, if, she, if she hates it that much she can hang back she can be one of the fullbacks defending <laughs> um so that's at like uh 56 minutes another goal and again i think part of it was because i was getting so frustrated by this time it felt like i'd been watching the game for a long time and i think i was watching it with chris and uh he had to remind he's like there's a lot of this game left to go <laughs> I was like I know I just I was just getting greedy and and wanting a bit more and we did definitely step it up a gear in the second half didn't we yeah and I get credit to Aberdeen I think we did we did step up and we did start to play a bit more of our football 
but they survived, you know, mm. pretty well. I think Celtic were dominant, if a wee bit passive. Um, but you know, patience paid off. They kept playing their game, found their way through. Yeah, it wasn't five nil, six nil, but you know, there was no kind of headline striker there. Maybe one of these new strikers could fill that void. Or Amy coming back, you know, Amy in that game, different yeah, game. God, exactly. Really good. It'll be really good to see them. I'm really excited about it. Talk. Let's talk about the subs and whether we think that they had because they came on three subs came on at 58 minutes who probably did have an impact on the game and did bring a bit of energy and a bit of change so you had Caitlin Hayes coming on for Chloe Craig you had Hannah Kerner coming on for Shen and then you had Liv Ferguson coming on for Maria um just in general good time to make those subs and do you think that the game did kind of change when they came on and then we'll talk about some of the more specific performances and players yeah, I think Fran's always been quite good with his second half subs at kind of putting a nail in the coffin, you know, or, or putting the foot down. I think the way he rotates the squad means players do feel like they have to make an impact when they come on. Mm. And Liv Ferguson's a good example of that. I don't know if she's quite going to make it for Celtic as a, as a starter or anything, but she someday when she comes on, she really does the job she's told to do. Mm. You know, she really puts her puts her head down and, and plays really, really hard when she comes on. Uh, and then you've got Caitlin Hayes, who you could rely on for anything. Mm-hmm. And and Anna Kerner again, who needs to prove her fitness or whatever, you know, find her way into this first team. That's a position she's been bought for. She needs to go claim it. Uh, so that's somebody I think she she was kind of fighting for her place straight away or striving to show what she's about. And I thought she did well. Uh, yeah, I thought she did really well as well. She's such an explicitly like right sided player. So fit, she fitted so well coming in into that position something that she knows she knows what to do she knows what's expected of her and she did it looked it looked like her fitness was good it looked like her energy levels was good and it looked like she had a sort of skills and b a kind of desire to make something happen straight away you know she was there was no tentativeness about that performance I thought for her coming on yeah no she looks confident she looks fast yeah Um, she can jump high absolutely that picture's ridiculous (laughs) Uh, she just has a lot. I think she's. It's almost like a money ball signing, and that she just has the qualities Fran asked for in his wide players. You know, um, she's not coming with, I don't know, the world's greatest background. You know, we're not signing a player from from the top, like a top team in a top league. Um, but she's somebody who's had a good career, who's played at a level probably higher than this mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the rest of the league. Um, maybe not had the same expectations to you know win every game and stuff like that. But she has the attributes physically that Fran needs. In a in a a wide player, and as you say, she's so tailor made for that role. Um, I'm really excited to see her kind of make it her own. Yeah, me too. Um, Seventy one minutes is when we see Natalie Ross get the third goal. I'll let you talk about that because that was a lovely one to see. It was great work from um from Goldie uh, after a, it was a Lewisk run. Yeah, uh, after a, a good ball. It from really Chance. it really was. Yeah, Chance had, Chance had had a good game. You know, we talked about how we'd maybe rather see her in the middle. It's cause of that. It's because of that ability she has to kind of drive these forward passes. But she can do it from anywhere in the park. We've seen her play out wide before. We've seen her play in like a left wing role when we played that front three uh, last season. But yeah, Goldie does a, a loo and puts her head down and, and beats a few players and takes it right to the byline. She's great presence of mind as well to try and get it back. Um, and Natalie Ross is making a habit of these late runs into the box to finish off goals. And mm-hmm. Natalie Ross is adding goals to her game now. It's making her such a complete midfielder and just such a welcome addition to this team this year. And she just seems to have brought everything we thought we'd be missing from a couple of players that left, you know, rolled into one 
uh, in the summer. So she's been so good. Yeah, for for Claire coming on um, and having played the whole game and having the presence of mind to put that ball backwards um, for Natalie Ross, I was really, really impressed. What did you think? I mean, I was pretty impressed with her overall, having been surprised to see her start. Um, Were you? Yeah, I think um, we've seen players jump in for their debut, academy players uh, kind of thrown into the thick thick of things before. And it just felt, you know, we've talked about players when we're reviewing them as looking a little bit uh, nervous or a little bit undersized or just doesn't, you know, look like they're ready for this kind of football yet. I would say Goldie looked, you know, like she's like she's there. She mm. looked comfortable. She looked like she was uh, quite happy on the pitch. She looked like part of the team. She was competing really well. She didn't look overawed. Um, and as you say, to do that so far into your um, debut starting is... Super impressive, and she's clearly got good instincts, and I'm excited to see more of her. I don't know how much this is, might be the kind of thing where she started, you know, this weekend, and then we don't see her for another five, six weeks. But um, <laughs> typical it, Fran uh, style. <laughs> yeah, I'd be more than happy to see her name on the bench now, and we don't have to ask as much, you know, maybe what these players are about, the academy players that hit the yeah. bench, because Goldie's clearly got enough ability to to make an impact if she happens to play. Yeah, and she spells Claire in my favourite way as well. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really good, especially because, you know, we we've, we talk a lot about how maybe the resources that we would like to be put into this team are not put into this team and how, for example, if you compare us with a team like Rangers, we don't have as much in terms of what we're able to go out and buy and obviously bring into the squad. And I think Fran, one of Fran's strengths is A, finding players like Hannah Kerner, hopefully, um, Lucy as for an example as well who kind of are at the right level to fit into our squad but like can really excel and bring their huge amount of experience and skills but also in that environment being able to identify which of the young players are going to be able to kind of take it and make those starts for the senior team is really crucial isn't it because we're going to need to keep doing that (laughs) it's what he's you know you can only work with what you've got what's in front of you and the only way you can add to that, you know, he's got a good squad, he's put together a good squad, but the nature of the women's game is the squad will change and ebb and flow over time. And if you're not careful, you lose a good squad and you're and then you're left with, uh, you know, the remainder of that and who you've got in the academy. So he has quite a commitment to making sure what's coming up is good enough and making sure they're at a level where they can contribute. And these the loans are part of that, you know, the, the sporadic game time is part of that. And he has to pair that with these kind of, I think every transfer outside of the big, um, mostly English leagues in women's football is kind of money balling it and looking for free <laughs> transfers and, and finding players who are running yeah. a contract and can fit in your team. And he's, he's proven to be quite good at that. Yeah, we had, after Natalie Ross scores her goal, she comes straight off um, and is replaced by Lou. Um, and Claire Goldie comes off as well and Tegan Bowie comes on and I think we just kind of see out the rest of the game. I don't think there was anything hugely remarkable. It didn't necessarily look like we were going to get another goal, but it also didn't ever look like Aberdeen were going to even try and get back in it. No, as I say, comfortable without being too dominant. Um, The game became quite, not much of a spectacle towards the end. Jacinta hit the bar with absolutely cracking. Oh my God, yeah, that was (laughs) one. Um, 
but again, that just maybe summed it up that <laughs> he's shown that quality and it's still not a goal. You know, it's just one of those days a wee bit. And when it's one of those days and you win 3 0, you can't really complain. Well, I know. It feels it feels bad coming away and complaining about it. But um so I'm not gonna do that. Um would you be able to pick a player of the match from Yeah, I like Nat- Natalie Ross for me again. Again, I just thought... every week. <laughs> When it was kind of sticky, she was the one. I mean, if she doesn't miss that absolute sitter, she she ballooned over the bar. Um, the game might have picked up a little bit quicker. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's that run she is making. You know, she's she's popping up in the box now to score goals. Um, she's just got great drive in the middle of the park. It's a, it was a team that was lacking familiarity, but you can always rely on Natalie Ross to give you that. Mm. Uh, Especially in the absence know, of Lisa. Uh-huh, she just shines, and I think just watching that game back, um, I was trying to pick somebody else, but my head just goes to Natalie Ross now for player of the match, which is really exciting. Yeah, I, there wasn't normally there is someone who immediately sticks out to me. I would probably agree with Natalie, but I also there wasn't anyone in this game that I thought had a particularly, you know, who, who stood head and shoulders above. I think everyone like did enough, like we said, to get the result. Um, I'd say uh, I'd say chance. I give I'd give a, like a shout out to Chance for um, doing what she does best. I think a few of the the better moves forward were started by love chance passes and love chance movement. So I just it, feel it like was. she's constrained somewhat in that position. I don't like, yeah. I think he put her out there against hearts and I just don't like, you know, when you just don't like seeing a player in a certain position, I just, it's, it's not for me, Lorenzo. Um, you said you'd already given us one of our, t- did you have another takeaway? I think you might do. Um, yeah, I think something I'm, I'm kind of curious to see is I think looking at the fullback situation or wide player, whatever you want to call it, Fran, um, you know, he's played about with a few different solutions for the left side since we lost uh, Lucy, which I, every time I think about that, it actually makes me want to cry. That's not. Um, and then, you know, the right wing back we've seen change about a lot and Hannah Kerner's not quite had a run of starts yet. What, she, what does she bring us? It's kind of up in the air. I think Fran's going to have to stick her twist on these fullbacks for the big games. He's either going to have to get players ready that are going to play our usual way and attack like mad from those positions, or in the big games, is he going to go, you know, with a Chloe Craig mm-hmm. and uh, Shane or Kern or whatever? Is he going to stick? Is he going to kind of go all out attack? Is he going to trust one of these players in each side to kind of make that their own? Or are we going to see it chop and change? Are we going to get surprised? And we've got, I mean, if you tell me Chloe Craig starting at left back, against Rangers or City, I'm not going to be upset about it, but it's a big change from what we're seeing week in, week out. Uh, So I'm just very curious to see how that will develop. Yeah, it's a funny one because I think that he often does like for those bigger games to have the experience on the park, you know, playing players like last season, putting Jodie in sometimes when we weren't expecting to see her just because he knew that she kind of had, you know, and playing her slightly out of position as well against Glasgow City and in like finals and stuff. And I I do think he has a kind of tendency when we're coming up for big games to do stuff like that. I think we're going to talk in a minute about, well, very soon about Spartans on Wednesday. And I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do there because again, when he talked after this game, he was kind of laboring the point about what a deep squad we've got. And I'm like, oh, you're going to do some crazy old changes (laughs) again for Wednesday, aren't you? But Spartans are a team who a have tripped us up before we know that they can provide a challenge especially when we're going to Edinburgh um, and playing at Ainsley Park like you said the conditions are going to be probably less than ideal I'm planning to go to the game so I'm going to be wearing like 14 layers or something Um, but yeah we drew last time we played them we drew 
Um, so we do know that they're a, trip, a team that can trip us up. How are you feeling about that? A um, little bit more nervous than usual. I do think they're a, a, good, a good side. Um, they have that upset ability in them. We're playing in their place. Uh, it's the midweek. You know, everything about it screams yuck. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, we've got, I think we've got uh, Boromir Thistle or... Yeah, Boromir Thistle right? in the cup the weekend. Right. So this is a game for me, you play your strongest possible team. Thank you. You know, yes. if they're, as long as they're fit, I guess, but you play your strongest team, go out and you make a statement, you try and get the game done nice and early, nothing sticky, you know, no hope for Spartans, no hope for any of the rest of the teams. You've got City playing Hearts, you've got Rangers playing Hibs. It's kind of as good a night as you can get in terms of potential <laughs> you know if you want to be super optimistic it could go really well tomorrow yeah. so you need to make sure not tomorrow only which if you're listening to this is actually today oh today you get the goals <laughs> you get the three points you try and take yeah. a big big step towards say at the top um so for me you leave the uh the rotation to the the game at the weekend where again we've had you know cup shocks already the last couple of seasons or whatever we've seen it but you need to assume that we can beat Thistle with any of this squad so you need to go out for me and, and put your strongest love out tomorrow who right. would you be really like if he doesn't play one or two players like who are you going to be throwing your hands up in the air and going what are you doing <laughs> I, I need the spine of that team I need Hayes I need Lisa I need Amy um, Jazz no reason for Jazz not to play uh, yeah. Lou is in form she needs to play if Chance is playing, I'd like to see in the middle of the park. I'd love to see um, Natalie Ross, Lisa Robertson, left Chance. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'd love to see Anna Kerner. I think, for me, I really like Shen. And I really like Shen at right wing back as well. I think she's been she's been really, really ably filling in there. don't think it's her natural role. I think you're better having somebody like Shen. You're blessed to have her coming off the bench uh, and maybe you know competing for a starting spot. I don't know if I I would I would start at right wing back if even just from from what I've seen with Anna I think she's fits that role and I need to see her you know we're two games away from from Rangers I need to know that Anna's going to be making that position her own by then yeah I want to see that as well I think Shen as well is a kind of impact sub player as well we've seen her do it a number of times where Shen coming off the bench has really like injected something into a game particularly if you know, it's it was dipping or if it's gone well and we're kind of losing momentum a little bit or if we're struggling and we need someone to come on and do something impressive. She has done that before. So I wouldn't be upset not to see Shen start and to be on the bench, but I totally agree about all those other players wanting to see the strongest 11 starting. Um, I don't think we are going to probably see the new strikers for a while. We, we Do you think we're looking at after the Rangers game for that now? Because we're coming up on it soon. Uh, well, it's interesting because again, it's it's women's football, so the it's not like they're here for three years. You know, it's not like you've got them on some long contract. You know, I think Flint's here on loan. Yeah, these get him, the get him in. <laughs> these are the games that you've you've brought her in for. You know, you don't bring a player from the top league in England to play against Birmingham Thistle. You don't bring her to play against Partick and Hamilton. You 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 brought her in because you think she can make an impact in the derbies. Yeah. Um. So. Again, I'll trust Fran and, and the team in terms of her fitness and if that's the important thing right now. But uh, if we don't see her by the Rangers game, same with Molly Plasman, who I think only flew to Scotland today. Oh, did you see that she travelled today? Uh, yeah, I think I saw that on Instagram. Um, 
you know, these are players that you would assume there's not a lot of long-term thinking in terms of transfers, foreign transfers in yeah. women's football, particularly in this league. So I'd be shocked if they weren't involved at all, but it does look like it's, you know, it's getting that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, she did also, uh, Tash mentioned that she had brought her shooting boots and she seems very keen to get started. Thank so, God. I, I mean, am. I would play, I'd play Tash Flint 100% from the start against uh, Birmingham Thistle at the weekend. 100% see if, she's bit, <laughs> see if she can score two or three. She, uh, and then, yeah, yeah. See what happens. Um, yeah, I th- she seems just from what I can pick up of what sort of Leicester fans have said about her and what the fight that she seems to be a really well liked player. She's had real success with them. Obviously, when they won the championship and stuff, she was one of the key players for them. And she's <coughs> she's been kind of front and center. So we, I think we are really lucky to have her. And I think you're right. We need to make the most of it while she's here. Um, well, like you said with with Natasha Flint, she was at her best. They love her the most when they were winning. You know, they were getting promoted from the championship. She's in a team that's scoring and is playing forward and is attacking. She's not seen a lot of football in a Leicester team that is struggling and is defensive and is uh-huh. on the back foot. Players need that change. You saw Charlie Wellings yeah. do that when she came up here. She was scoring freely. She's down with Reading. Reading, don't play that kind of football. Uh-huh. Uh, she's not scoring the same. She's not playing the same. It's just yeah. a players fit different teams. It's dead, straightforward, and hopefully we can give Flint that kind of springboard again to have a lot of service a lot of chances and she could be clinical with it yeah totally um looking forward to it so as you mentioned we've then got the barmia thistle game at the weekend as well which is so it's a you know there's a cup game which it's easy to dismiss it isn't it because you know there's there are i've I've sort of gone silent because i'm sort of thinking i mean (laughs) at the end of the day it's sport so (laughs) anything can happen but I don't think anyone is going into this thinking that we're not going to get a result and get through to the next round (laughs) it'd be you know there's a there's overlooking and there's complacency and then there's well it's just straightforward realism that our team should be thumping Boromir Thistle and if they don't then you know more egg on our face, whatever you want. That's we've already achieved the greatest embarrassment, which is by being put out of the cup by a team from the SWPL to the middle <laughs> of it. You know, we shouldn't be doing that. Um, there's no reason for us to give them any credence other than um, that it's football and anything can happen. And I'm sure they'll put up a good fight, but they should be comfortably dealt with. And if they're not, then we have big, you know, bigger issues than being embarrassed. Yeah, they're not going to darvel us, are they? I mean, one, that's the thing. They might be Aberdeen, Burnham or Thistle. Well, they won't be us. <laughs> um, the league table, how is it looking? We've met not a huge amount of change. We are still second by one point. So Glasgow City are on 47. We are on 44 points. Rangers are on 43. And if you look to the next sort of jump down to four and five hearts from 30 hibs are coming up on hearts actually on 27 um and so it's it's still super tight the goal difference though which is interesting so glasgow city's goal difference is 62 ours is 72 but rangers is very close to us now which is they're at 71 yeah and they are gonna fire lots of goals past people i think you know Oh God, it's so annoying because I th- I think in both terms, I think, you know, just get the three points. If we get all the three points, then the goal difference doesn't matter. You know, if we beat these teams, it doesn't matter. But even the first year we started doing this podcast, we didn't win the league because of goal difference, you know? 
it, it, we've never not been thinking about goal difference almost as much as we've been thinking about points with these three teams at the top of the league. <laughs> yeah, and then when when you have teams like Glasgow, girls and women getting hammered. I mean, I looked at the table today and they've conceded ninety one goals in seventeen games. Yeah, you know, when you have teams like that, their goal uh, difference is minus eighty five. Yeah, I mean, I've not checked the fi- obviously the the split means this won't happen. Um, but even the fixture list now, I, I've not checked if if one of Celtic City or Rangers has yet to play a final game against Glasgow Girls and Women. Maybe we all have a game, I don't know. But you have to be seeing those games as shootouts. Mm. You know, everyone mm. that gets to play, uh, particularly them, Hamilton and the rest of them are conceding goals, but nowhere near on that level. I think yeah. every other team is conceding probably half the amount of goals. Um, yeah, I think the, the nice, net. The, just I'm just looking at the table now. Minus 35 for Hamilton. Minus 36 for Dundee United. It's nowhere near. You know, it's just uh, and the fact is, teams are going to take advantage of this. And I'm now looking at the fixtures, and I've just realised the only team still to play Glasgow girls and women are Glasgow City. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so that goal difference could get you know eaten up in one game. Yeah. It's terrifying. yeah, it really is. But it's exciting. I'm actually really looking forward to Wednesday. Like I said, I'm going to brave it and brave the weather, I think, midweek. Um, all things, I mean, I've been scuppered in attending things recently due to illness and my car breaking down. And also on the weekend, I was actually playing football. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be there to watch that. We'll obviously be bringing you all of the rundown from that when we speak to each other next week, but it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to watch it if you're not there, are you? It's not going to be on telly anywhere. Such is life. Yeah. Um, I'll report back. That's fine. And we'll be able to look at some of the footage, hopefully, um, towards the end of the week. But yeah, it should be good. Lorenzo, as always, thank you very much. Your optimism hasn't quite got me back to where I was um, (laughs) feeling last week, but you did it. You you had a good go. (laughs) Well, if... You know, this ever all at hearts team do us a turn tomorrow, we could be top of the league. Yeah, I think that is a really interesting fix just to be keeping our eyes on the uh, Glasgow City visiting the Orium. So let's wait and see. Lorenzo, lovely to speak to you as always. You too, always lovely. He's been Lorenzo Pacitti. I've been Claire Wilde. This has been the Celtic Women's Football Show and we'll speak to you next week. Me again, just a quick one popping back. At the end of that podcast, I said there wasn't a way to watch the Spartans game. However, it was revealed yesterday evening by Spartans on their Twitter that you will be able to watch it via the Recast app. If you go to the Spartans Women Twitter, they have all the links there at Spartans FC Women, which is great news. It means that if you're not able to make it to Ainsley Park this evening, you'll be able to watch it via the Recast app. Thanks. Thanks.